0: All right, here we are with the very first slash fifth or sixth episode of Life Unhindered Podcast. Um, For those that are hearing this on the YouTube channel, uh, it's probably the first for you because you're probably not aware that we started a Life Unhindered Podcast maybe five or six months ago. And if you're coming uh, to this episode from a subscriber from the Life Unhindered Podcast itself and have no idea about the YouTube channel... Uh this is probably the 5th or 6th episode and it's been an incredibly long gap uh in between and uh, I want to take some time to explain uh what we've been up to uh in that intervening few months but before I do that I want to introduce my podcasting co-host my beloved bride Julie. Julie, say hello. Hello. What are you uh, what are you doing here on the podcast?
1: I'm just here with you talking about our life.
0: Yeah, so uh that's one of the keys. We'll have to do an episode or two on how uh important it is to have a supporting wife <laughs> as you go through all the different experiments uh that we definitely go through in our life, but um kind of as a background um for folks if you've been listening to the podcast and not had anything to do with the YouTube channel, um I think we owe you a little bit of a- an intro and kind of the way we have um, in some ways, completely switched gears with our focus. So, for those that have been listening to the podcast for a little bit, you notice that we really started out with kind of, of a primary focus on uh, offerings for remote workers, and we were uh, we had the Life Unhindered website at the time. But if you w- visited that site about six months ago, it really was focused on around providing remote job seekers access to employers that are, you know, hiring remote workers. Uh, and we did that for a number of reasons. And I won't go into all those episodes because we, we did kind of document some of our early thinking around that, but really at a high level, which we didn't introduce on the podcast up to that time. The reason we did that is because for for a little bit now and more specifically, basically one year ago. Uh, Julie and I and our family, we decided to become financially independent. Uh, and so, for what for us, what that means is accumulating enough assets to where we don't have to engage in necessary or required work. Uh, and we can we'll probably spend the bulk of this episode kind of talking about our journey over the last year, just kind of touching some of the highlights. But one of the things we try to do, uh, we believe is necessary in our strategy, is diversifying our income streams. So we have couple of income streams now but we realize the vast majority of our income um, you know comes from comes from my job and so that was kind of the thinking around kind of what other kind of business or little uh, side hustle that could we engage in that would allow us to kind of diversify the income stream make a little extra money and definitely believe in the power of remote work and believe that's kind of where the future of work is so we kind of kicked off that effort to to kind of Provide an offering for for that um, for for remote workers. Um, we quickly decided, though, that what's more realistic and more sustainable, and mainly, this is for me and Julie can maybe talk about um, how I go all in on something for a small short period of time, like three months, and then like completely switch gears. But I realized that if we want to do something long term, um, it has to kind of play to kind of my personality or strengths in the sense of, yeah, I can get super into something. Um, but like I said, it, it, it kind of switches gears to the next thing. And so then we we kind of pivoted the website to become less about remote work and more about our journey towards financial independence and broader than that kind of learning uh, renaissance lifestyle, renaissance education. And that includes everything from, of course, finance topics, financial independence remote work, it gets into like self-defense, um, it gets into health and ketogenic diets and mobility, um, everything, everything maybe in between. So um, that's kind of an intro, I think, the bulk of this episode, kind of as an experiment. Um, we'll kind of talk about maybe some of the highlights over the last year. And maybe as an introduction, um, do you want to talk uh, about... Kind of how, from your perspective, what was the evolution to our, in our thinking to like agree to say, hey, we are actually going to become financially independent?
1: The journey or the, the things that brought us to that point? Well, I think it all started when you first brought it up. I didn't really understand what it was, but basically when you first started talking about it, Then we started breaking it down into uh, manageable incremental steps, which included, first and foremost, looking at our finances. Where is our money going? Um, And that process, I think, was necessary. There were things about it that were hard, especially for me, since I'm the one that spends most of the money. But having a goal around why you're saving money, what you're spending money on, it really forced us to start thinking about what we spend our money on and just helped us prioritize where our money goes, because if the goal is to become financially independent and the realization was what that could really unlock for us as a family, as a couple, um, the idea of that was really intriguing to me and all the steps and how that was going to happen is, was really unknown is becoming more known, but I feel like we still have a ways to go in that area of just kind of figuring out what, what it is exactly, we want to do in order to to get to the goal that we want to achieve. And I think it could take many forms. Like you said, you shift, I shift, our focus shifts, um, but it's really just been a journey of figuring out what works for us. You mentioned the, the website for remote work. Um, that was interesting. It taught us things, but I think we both agreed that, that wasn't necessarily really interesting to either one of us. And what was a lot more interesting was actually documenting the journey of becoming financially independent because we felt like there was people that out there that you can look for that have actually achieved this which is really awesome to say okay it's possible people have done it but not necessarily um people that have documented the the journey like we would like to so we were trying to be the resource that we wish we had a year ago but um definitely still on the journey and trying to just see if people wanted to join in and and we can share the lessons that we've learned And I think some of the main things that I've learned is, is one, the budget is really important to start with. Figure out where your money's going. Use certain tools that are out there to track your your finances. Um, Figure out what you want to use to invest, how you want to invest. Figure out what your FI number is, which we've talked about. Gary's done a video on that, on figuring out how much do you really need in order to retire. Um, And for me, Gary had a a year that he projected out in which we would retire. And to me, I was like, no, that's too far. (laughs) So I thought, you know, let's try to do this in five years, kind of challenge ourselves a little bit and see how creative we could get. Because for me, if I have a goal I'm going towards, I'm a lot more motivated to make the sacrifices or even uh, jump through all the hoops necessary to get to that goal.
0: Yeah, so maybe let me ask. So in my job... I'm a product manager. One of the tools that we use, I actually just did this yesterday, is this, it's a technique I learned from um, the CTO of Amazon years ago, but it's called working backwards. And basically, if you're going to build a product, what you actually do is you write the press release that you would want to be able to send out to the world whenever you finish the product. And then from there, you work backwards to where you are today. You write like... FAQs for customers or internal support people, and you just kind of keep going back to where you are today. So if you were to write your FI, financially independent, like press release, so snap your fingers and now you are, we're financially independent. What does that, because going back to what you said, you, you need a goal, that helps motivate you. What What does that press release or what does that life look like for you?
1: For me, I feel like that would be having you here, which is a component that I really enjoy. Gary gets to work from home a few days a week, and I can testify that those days are happier days for me than days that he has to actually go into the office. Even though I may not see him that much throughout the day, just knowing he's here because I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom, um, those long days without another adult in the house are really hard on me. So that's one thing that i think um that would be part of a big win for me at the end of this journey is that he's here but then he's also not encumbered by work he has to do he's actually available to go be with the kids and depending on what year they are um as far as school um still kind of unsure about how i feel about traditional school so if he was didn't have to go into a job i think he would actually enjoy being a primary educator in our children's life. And that may be that we're going to decide we're going to go spend six months in another country, learn a new language, fully immerse ourselves in a new culture. Um, That's one thing I think would be really awesome is that being financially independent would give us that opportunity that we would just have the freedom to really decide, Okay, what do we want to do? How do we want to spend our time? And for Gary and I, we're people that we love forward motion. We love doing new things. So even though if we didn't have to work at an actual job like there we definitely would still be working on side hustles and figuring out ways for income. Um, part of our goals would be that we'd own our own house and possibly have a, a separate unit that we could rent out short-term or long-term. And so that would be all part of the big plan. So if we did want to go abroad, um, we would have extra income, our our house would be taken care of, and we'd always have something to come back to. But I just like the idea that, you know, the final goal would be lots of options and very little uh, restrictions and hindrances to doing what we want to do as a family.
0: Mm-hmm. When we go back, like... So it was about a year ago that we kinda of committed to this and if you look back at the last year, what has been like the most challenging thing that you've experienced on the the journey from last around last March, slash sort of April first was maybe the first real we're gonna commit to this. Like what was the most challenging thing so far?
1: Figuring out the budget. And really feeling like I felt a lot of personal responsibility for the budget. And on months that we were over, it was really, I just felt really condemned that it was my fault and Gary's going to have to work another year because I didn't. I didn't manage the budget properly, and there was a lot of self-condemnation that took place in those early months for me, trying to figure out, um, especially around the food budget, it's just been a giant challenge for me, and I'm kind of getting a better grasp on it, Um, but that being said, that was one of the biggest stressors, but it's also been a really positive journey on the other hand of... um, feeling like when I do, when I am able to stay within the budget and I actually consider every time I'm spending money now on a much broader, more deeper scale, I feel like when I do hit the budget, that I'm helping with the goal. Even though I'm not actually working to contribute money, my part is helping with the budget. Because if we can save money, and that's mainly on my side of figuring out how to save us money, um, then I feel like I'm contributing to our overall goal.
0: Yeah. yeah. I've heard a lot of folks say, and I think in our experience, it uh, agrees with this, that I mean there's there's actually no shortcuts to this financial independence thing um in terms of like tricks and techniques I mean we can share all the things we do but in principle it's like you have to save more than you spend I mean that that sounds so simple and everybody wants to buy like you know the next greatest like finance book or listen to like some other finance guru but that that's the that's the punchline of the whole thing but if you look at difficulty and I guess maybe this is different for different people but the difficulty you can you can earn more um you can spend less or ideally you can do both but if you look at how difficult it is to like go out and earn more um that can be pretty difficult for for a lot of folks and it definitely happens um but it doesn't happen, it oftentimes can't happen like in the short term you know you might be able to work towards building up a new skill set to get A new job or a new kind of side business going, but that takes like months or sometimes years. But when it comes to spending, um, in a lot of ways, depending on your current habits or our current habits, like facilitated, like we could immediately cut down on certain expenses. And like that, by extension, is earning more money. Like it's just a different way, different way to kind of look at it. Um, do you use like, apps or tools or something like that to keep track of the budget what have you found that's worked for you if you do
1: well I forgot what we use (laughs) I haven't been using them very effectively we're using pocket guard which I was getting into uh, more regularly I've kind of gotten away from it a little bit I need to go back and keep an eye on it um, something that's actually helped me more than PocketGuard because PocketGuard tracks overall expenses, but I wanted to track specifically the food budget one month. So I just did it separately every receipt. I would subtract out household items or diapers or things that I bought that were not food because I really wanted to get an accurate number of how much do I spend on food, not necessarily how much do I spend at grocery stores because I don't always buy just food when I'm at grocery stores. So that to me was helpful, but the app in general was was really helpful, the PocketGuard one.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, there's probably like a ton of different apps other folks use. I know we did Mint.com for a while, like not very successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, PocketGuard, I think, was was pretty good. But yeah, to Julie's point, like we do like a fair amount of shopping at kind of discount centers like a Costco type place. And like, you know, within that, if you want to actually tease out, depending on how granular you want to get with your budget, you know, it's a little difficult because it's just going to come across as one line item in the app that you spent X amount of dollars at Costco, but breaking that down in kind of a detailed way. Mm-hmm. That's What's been, so if that was the most challenging, what was the most, what has been the most rewarding? If you look back kind of, I mean, we're 12 months into it, mm-hmm. sort of like kind of what we looked at is like the, the stretch goal, high You know, what would be amazing is if we did it in five years, but that five years is sort of from like the beginning of this year. So if you look at it kind of in total, maybe it would be like six years, but like a full 12 months into it. Kind of what's been the the highlight or highlights if you want to do multiple.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say that the main one that comes to mind is the the mental shift that has that has happened over the last 12 months. I can say without a doubt, probably the largest mental shift I've ever experienced in the last 12 months because of the focus that we've had. And it's actually led to a lot of conversations. This is one conversational recording of hundreds that we've had. And actually, I think it's helped our relationship even to take away tension around money for me. Um, but it's also the mental shift I'm talking about is away from the consumer mindset, away from looking to spend money to appease even just um, mental, even like mental, mental health, people use spending money to make them happy. And when you identify that as a reason why you're spending money, you start, you start realizing like, wow, I, I can look for other ways to make me happy and actually exercise, which is, you don't have to spend money to exercise is one thing that I could do versus spending money. And so there's one example of where I feel like my mind um, has shifted in terms of even using what we have and realizing, okay, do, does is what we have sufficient? And does it, does it meet the need? Do we really need to buy this? And it really forces me to have those conversations with myself over spending money. And um, it's not just spending money. I feel like Gary gets into a lot of different things. And I tend to just get into him with him because that's what he's into. So he talks to me about it. And a lot of times he convinces me one way or another if it's something worth doing or not. So we try a lot of different things. And I feel like over the course of this year, like there's been so many things we've incorporated into our life in a really positive way in terms of um, how we spend money, what we wear, even.
0: Could you give a couple examples of what some of those things we've incorporated in?
1: Yeah. So. Um, I don't know when this started, but you had this idea of wearing a uniform, which might sound kind of funny to some of you, but um, actually the idea of it, um, I thought was kind of funny too. But then as Gary started doing it, I realized like, I actually would like to do that as well um, for a number of reasons. One.
0: What do you mean by a uniform?
1: So a uniform would be some, like basically wearing this very similar thing every day. Um, And so he noticed some people that were really successful people that did that. And basically the reason they did it was to just eliminate the amount of choices or the decisions that you make in a day. And I realized that actually getting dressed, I never thought about it, but it was an actual pain point for me because I didn't like half the clothes in my closet. And so realizing that was enlightening. And so I got rid of half the clothes that I didn't like or all the clothes I didn't like. I figured out what I did like and I just bought more of them and I made my own uniform. And so basically getting dressed in the morning became easier and I spent less on clothes. I only bought things I liked. And it was actually, it was really life-changing for me because I didn't I didn't have a fight with my clothes every day. I actually enjoyed what I wear and I felt good about myself every day because I liked what I was wearing. And that seems like something really simple, but if you've never taken the time to think about it, you could probably unconsciously um, not realize how much energy and time you spend on just figuring out what you're gonna wear in a day. And so even just energy and time that was freed up from realizing, just figuring, taking some time to figure out what I did like to wear. And Gary did something similar in terms of just finding a small amount of clothes that you like and just buying more of those and you just rotate them. And it simplifies your closet. You don't have this overload of clothes, simplifies the buying process and you spend less overall on clothes and you do less laundry because you have less clothes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think I've gone through maybe a couple of cycles of the of the uniform concept. I, I don't know if I've like landed yet. I know I did it like right out of the gate. I think I wore the exact same thing seven days a week for 93 days. I think I tracked it. The interesting thing is, and it wasn't, for those that are totally unfamiliar with this concept, you're not actually wearing the literally the same clothes every day. It's just like, you know, five of the same shirt and two or, two or three of the same pants, that kind of thing. At least that's the way I did it. Um, I didn't have one person in 93 straight days say, hey, I think you wore that yesterday or didn't you wear that yesterday? Like, man, you wear the same clothes a lot. Like, No one noticed at all if people are concerned about that, but even if they do, um, not a big deal at all, but actually, what we've done, and I don't know folks probably have mixed mixed opinions on this, but we actually buy clothes from places that have like a really excellent return policy so for the I wore the that uniform basically is like a long sleeve sort of like darker gray shirt and some jeans you know, and tennis shoes every day for ninety three days. And then we realized like this isn't actually sustainable. Of course we were still living uh in Texas at the time, so you can't wear like a long sleeve shirt in Texas like eight months out of or you know, eight months out of the eight month summer. And so we ended up just like taking them back and got a full refund, you know, for those clothes. But anything else that comes to mind kind of that we've incorporated or big shifts that we've had just in lifestyle over the last twelve months?
1: Um, well, recently we've had shifts in our diet. Um, Gary gets on these different kicks. And so currently he's kind of on a ketogenic kick. Um, I can't, we've had different diet changes over the last few months, but I feel like we've kind of been on a journey with what works for us in terms of food. I found out I had food allergies about a year ago. So my diet shifted pretty dramatically. Um, but it's shifting again in terms of what we what we take in for fuel and even how we think about food. I think it's, it is fuel and you need to view it as that it's not necessarily a way to make yourself happy or you just do it when you eat, you eat when you're bored. Um, It's just been, I think we've spent a lot of time kind of figuring out what, what it is we, we want to eat and how we want to eat because it really affects how you feel. Um, So I think we're still on that journey, but I think we're getting closer to how we feel like we, we want to eat in terms of to help overall energy. And yeah, if
0: others I think cheap. one of the kind of meta themes like about all this, and again, this is just kind of a recap of the last year, but one of the things that has emerged again and again for me personally that you can kind of look through, kind of treat it as a lens as you look through each little thing that we're changing is we're just learning how to be intentional with every decision that we make. And so obviously like money is often like you'd be totally surprised probably if you if you had like a little tally or a little counter of like how many times each day you think about money whether it's a craving for more money or whether it's like an anxiety towards money all these things but oftentimes it's like subconscious and so you're not actually intentional about what you spend what you save why you save what's the purpose of it the same for like what we're we're getting into with like health i mean it all comes together like I mean, the whole kind of our channel is life unhindered. We'd like to be unhindered, you know, in a lot of different ways. But one of those is like, is physically. And so I'm realizing working on a lot of mobility issues lately. That are like, you know, I'm not that old. I'm 34, but it definitely I have like some mobility issues and like, wow, like they need to need to kind of fix that because you want to have like, not just the penny pinchers. We're not like penny pinchers, like frugal is like, you know our religion or something or frugality is not our religion, but it allows us to do like more things and kind of have the lifestyle that we're, we want to want to live money helps unlock that big time. But if you don't have like the physical abilities or fitness and energy level to enjoy the things you enjoy, you know, it kind of doesn't really, doesn't really work for you.
1: Something else that I thought of is our, our cell phone bill and even our cell phone usage has dramatically changed in the last few months. Um, Gary found this company called Ting and we did a few YouTube videos on it um, in terms of our, our experience with switching from a big cell phone provider uh, to a smaller provider. Um, But it's really changed the way we use our phones because mostly we only use our phones more on Wi Fi. So when I'm out and about with the kids and in the car, I don't use my phone anymore. And actually it's been really freeing for me and in a way. Not only are we saving money and actually we got a little contract with Ting to where we, we don't, we don't even pay for our cell phone bill and we may not for a while. You, why don't
0: you talk about that a little bit?
1: So, um, we switched over to Ting. um, right around the time we started doing the YouTube channel. And so we decided we want to do a video about it to document this, this shift and it actually took us kind of a while to build up to it because it was a pretty big shift. You know, you're kind of leaving the mothership and going to like a little rowboat kind of feeling of with
0: a cell phone provider. You yeah, mean. yeah, exactly. Yeah. From
1: going from a big cell phone provider to this small kind of unknown company. And you're wondering, is this really going to work out? Okay. Cause I use my phone a lot. Um so anyway the sh- the shift actually proved to be pretty seamless the company's been awesome um and overall i think our bill was you know somewhere between 20 and 30 dollars a month which was a dramatic reduction from our previous provider at least 100 or more dollars we were saving a month from sh- from shifting to that other provider to Ting so we made the video, and then I decided to reach out to Team directly and just see if if they had any interest in partnering with us uh, as a promotional. Since they're a small company, I thought maybe they would enjoy, you know, using our video as a promotional video on their site as well. And so I ended up getting in contact with um, the right person. Um, actually, used some LinkedIn uh, power there, so I figured out. Had to get in contact with this person and she um, she agreed and she gave us some terms of how they would compensate us for the video. We'd made the video, we sent it over, and she gave us a $300 credit. And so it, with a cell phone bill that's between $20 and $30 a month, you can do the math that that's almost a year's worth of free cell phone usage. And so we, we use our phone less and actually doesn't cost us anything. And once that $300 credit runs out, it still is not going to cost us nearly as what it was and, um, yeah, it's been a great experience, and so that's one way with one experiment that I think worked out really well in our favor.
0: Yeah, I think the lot what Julie was just saying, use that word experiment. I think that is kind of, um, we're learning how to do that more and more. Um, where we realize sort of, you know, we don't know all the answers, and the only way. To get the answer is to actually try things, measure the results, keep what is useful, discard what is not, and that mm-hmm. sounds so simple to verbalize, but I realize like even though I have like that mindset I've had it for many years, I use it a lot in my profession um even even us like I don't think we actually did it that methodically if you want to use that word, but just like basically and this I know this sounds strange many maybe to many people, but you kind of have a hypothesis that, you know, with the cell phone s- scenario, like the hypothesis is I think we can, you know, we, we can switch to a new provider, thus saving money and not and-, and at the same time, not diminish quality of life in any way. And that's kind of like a meta hypothesis for almost any of these experiments. Like, you know, we believe, why, you know, if we can standardize the clothes we wear every single day, we'll not only save money in the long run but also reduce kind of cognitive load every single morning which you know let's spend our energy and decision making energy and powers if you will like on the things that actually matter to us and so i think that's that's kind of a key thing with all the experiments we're running is like yeah we want to we want to save money learn how to like learn how to earn more money so we can you know quit necessary work you know sooner than later um, but at the same time, like I said earlier, not like penny pinching is not our you know mantra or anything like that it is doing all those other things that are smart financially while at the same time, you know, hopefully increasing a uh, quality of life. So what's next? What's next for us? We're kind of like beginning year two of this. Do you think like, um... Is there a kind of a bigger or larger focal area, focus area, focal area on the budget or just other experiments in life in general? Um, We can always like save those to unpack in a a round two on another experiment that we're running, which is called this podcast. So we'll see. We'll do a couple episodes of experimentation here. But kind of where do you uh, where do you see the next big area of exploration for us?
1: I think it's documenting the process. I think we have learned a lot in how we want this process to go, but starting with the YouTube channel, um, there was a lot of barriers to entry for me personally. Um, I've been a stay-at-home mom for five years now, so working with technology is not something I do on a daily basis, and so learning how uh, to use the tools to actually make the videos um, proved to be pretty challenging. It was just picking up a lot of new skills for me, and I still have a lot more to learn, um, and so and actually figuring out how to effectively bring people in and tell the story, I think, is something I would like to learn how to do better, because I do feel like this is valuable, um, what we're learning and and how we are incorporating what we learn into our into our daily living. Like Gary said, we're we're in, we're trying to increase the quality of life and we feel like the lessons we're learning could be valuable to other people. Um, we, we'd like to explore more maybe the the frontier of traveling with family um, that's something we like to do on a regular basis. In the past, I can admit it has proven to be not only challenging, but completely frustrating to the point that I don't want to do it. Um, and so recently I took a trip and I really, really challenged myself to figure out how to remove pain points, which is kind of funny. I never actually thought about it, but I think this journey has forced me to think about how to remove pain points in your life. The this switching to um a uniform wardrobe was removing a pain point for me so when it came to traveling with my kids I was trying to figure out how to remove pain points, and maybe we'll do a further deep dive on that in a different podcast. But I think that could be an area that we may explore maybe over the course of the next few years in terms of uh, traveling with a family easily, effectively, and cheap. Um,
0: Yeah. So a little, a little, a little teaser on that for the. I think we should do like a whole episode on it. But Julie and the kids just recently did a one-week trip that involved public transportation, airfare. And it was a a week-long trip, and she only took one backpack for one week with herself and two kids. So a little teaser on how she actually did that. And I think if you added it all up, the trip was probably under $50 or something like that. So, uh, you know, stay tuned on that, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's something that I would like to explore more. We've been experimenting with uh, the point game in airlines and hotels, and that's something I'd like to learn more about on the coming year, because if you're going to travel with as a family of four, you have to find ways to do it affordably because now my kids are all over two. So we have to actually buy an airplane ticket for each one of us. So it can be expensive. And so we've been working on how to get the points through credit cards and earning points in different ways. Um, And that really makes a huge difference on just releasing the ability to travel. It doesn't cost you thousands of dollars. Um, So that's something we'll probably explore more this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. A lot of people say that are in kind of the five financial independence community. They talk about your quote unquote, other portfolio you need to manage. And they're always talking about the point game when they, mm-hmm. when they talk about that. Yeah. Um, Well, maybe we'll wrap here. This is the, kind of the first experimental episode of the podcast. Wanted to just give a quick, some quick highlights and kind of where we've shifted for those that, that aren't aware of the, the YouTube channel. Uh, check that out. Uh, we can put some, some links. We'll post this on the website, put some show notes so the links to that, those who are on the YouTube channel that aren't familiar with kind of our very early episodes of the podcast, we can put a link there as well. Um, some of the early feedback we got on the podcast that was really helpful for folks was a kind of a sub series we just called the journey. And it was kind of like the behind the scenes thinking of, you know, the entire remote work site. Um, so we had positive feedback with that. And that's kind of uh, was another signal for starting this channel, which is like our entire journey towards financial independence and all the other, um, kind of sometimes silly, but hopefully valuable experiments that we run. Um, so I think we'll wrap here and, uh, give us some feedback on this, uh, new experiment called the Life Unhindered Podcast.